today on Jeff's podcast. In 1 Kings 18, Elijah outran Ahab's chariot. In 1 Kings 19, Elisha was plowing the field. Elijah appeared and he left the oxen and he ran to meet Elijah. If you want to be part of God's plan for your life, you have to run with the vision. Psalm 147, God told David that his word runs swiftly. In Jeremiah, he said, I will hasten my word to perform it. In other words, my word will go quickly. It will hasten, it will run to perform its work. Welcome to the podcast. Jeff Wolf is a revivalist, author, and the founder and president of Resurgence, a Cincinnati-based nonprofit organization on a mission to minister to the ministry. We're so glad to have you today. Here's Jeff. I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about vision, just a little bit out of Habakkuk chapter two. This is a familiar passage. Um, This is not going to be anything new in terms of the scripture, but I'm just going to share with you what's been on my heart for several weeks now. I've shared this, uh, shared this with you before that when the Lord begins to speak to me out of a passage of scripture, I find myself just kind of staying there sometimes for weeks at a time. And that's what's been going on with Habakkuk one, uh, Habakkuk chapter two, rather. And when I do that, I just kind of read it and reread and reread and just really squeeze that passage of scripture like a sponge to uh, allow God to drip all of the wisdom out of it that he wants to speak to me. So uh, I want to share some of that wisdom with you today. Now, I have spent my life in ministry, specifically in terms of ministry, looking back. Now, normally that would be a bad thing to spend your life looking back. But I'm saying that in the context of Joshua, when uh, he came Uh, through the Jordan River, leading the people of Israel to Canaan. And the Bible said that when they were uh, walking across the dry riverbed of the Jordan River, that God said to Joshua, take 12 stones out of the riverbed. Now this is before the priest bearing the ark step out of the river. You remember in the story that when the priest bearing the ark of the covenant stepped into the water on the bank of the Jordan River, that the waters parted and the people of Israel walked over on dry ground. So he said to Joshua, before you allow those priests carrying the ark to step out of the water and the water begins to overtake again, I want you to go down into that riverbed and take 12 stones, one for each tribe of Israel, and use those stones to create a monument on the other side, on the bank of the Jordan. The purpose for that, God said, was so that when your children, you bring them here and they ask you, what are these stones from? You can tell them the story of how I parted the Jordan River with my glory through the Ark of the Covenant, and you brought my people, your people, over on dry ground. So that's exactly what Joshua did, and uh, that monument served as something to look back to. It was a monument in that it memorialized the miracle working power of God and a significant instance in the history of Israel in that they, for the very first time, stepped into the land that God had promised them. So when I say that I spent my life in terms of ministry looking back, I'm looking back to a specific monument in my life. 
I was 16 years old. And at that point in time, I didn't really understand that there was a monument being created there, but there was. I was in a, a prominent church facility. Uh, if I named the name of the pastor, you would know who it was. It's a household name. I was there uh, during a camp meeting service. I was standing at the very top of the overflow of that building. Thousands of people filling that sanctuary. And the Lord spoke to me as a 16-year-old getting ready to graduate from high school and go to Bible college. And he gave me my vision, what would become my vision for ministry. I don't think that I really understood at that point in time that it was my vision, that it would stick with me through my entire life in ministry and that, that I would continually look back to that monument. But that's exactly what happened. And that... Uh, a time with God, that moment with God in which he spoke to my heart some things that he would bring to pass in my life became the monument that I've looked back to. And uh, so that has been the first piece I've said before. That is the first piece of the puzzle that that has become my vision. And as I've gotten older and the Lord has reaffirmed that on on several occasions and given me more pieces and made the vision more clear, I have come to the place where I have uh, consolidated what my vision is, what my God-given vision is, that which I hold in my heart, that I pursue after, that everything that I do is to point toward the direction of that vision. I've, I've consolidated it into one word. It's difficult to do, but here I am. Uh, what, 30 years later. I am 30 years ahead of the moment that God gave me that first monumental piece of my vision. And here is the word. If I could describe my vision, not, not what I want, but what God's desire in me is, if I could describe God's vision for me in one word, it would be the word revival. Since I was a teenager, since before that monumental moment 30 years ago, I knew that God had called me into the ministry. There was no doubt in my mind. In fact, I had already preached my first or second uh, sermon by the time that I had that moment with God, that He gave me that peace, that, that vision, that picture in my mind's eye and in my spirit of what He was going to do. I knew when he called me to ministry, that I was called to be an evangelist. Now, I have held many... Uh, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. This isn't just all about me. I wanna, I'm want i using myself as an example to encourage you, but just bear with me. I've held many positions in ministry. I've been a youth pastor. I've been a senior pastor. I've been a denominational leader. Uh, I've, I've done all kinds of things in ministry. But the one thing that I love the most, of all the hats that I've worn, my favorite, my passion is that of an evangelist and going from place to place and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and watching him change lives through the preaching of his word and, and holding revivals. In fact, uh, the term revivalist is used and was used in the Great Awakenings in the 1700s. In the Great o in the, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm talking. My brain is talking, moving so fast. I'm trying to keep up with my brain. I'm uh, getting tongue-tied. In the Great Awakening in England in the 1700s, 
the word or the title revivalist was used uh, alongside of evangelist, and it simply meant someone who went from place to place, an itinerant preacher. And so sometimes I use that term as a revivalist, and others do as well. Uh, but that's been my passion. My passion has been to be an evangelist, a revivalist. Even when I was in the pastorate, uh, I always enjoyed and looked forward with anticipation to leaving my home church and going out and preaching. Uh, so I walked away, completely walked away from the my law enforcement family and the law enforcement community to focus again on what I believe God's vision for me is, and that is revival. Now, I say that to say this to you. My vision has not come at the pace I expected it to come. Here I am 30 years later after uh, I experienced that great moment with God when I was 16 years old in that prominent church facility. Uh, 30 years later, I thought even then that in 30 years I would have seen the fulfillment of the vision. I was young in the faith. I was young, very, very young in the, in the ministry, an infant in the ministry. But 30 years later, I still haven't seen the total fulfillment of that vision. And you would think, perhaps you're in the same boat, perhaps that you have held on to a promise, a vision for 30 years or more, and you still haven't seen God completely accomplish in you what you believe is your vision, your passion, your heart. Let me encourage you. You would think in a moment like this, those who don't have the hope of glory and don't understand the dynamics of a God-given vision, you may think that I should be discouraged and I should be upset and I should be depressed. But the truth of the matter is, the older I get, the more excited I become about the vision that's ahead of me because I realize that I have more wisdom than I used to, and I have more knowledge, and I've had more life experience, and the longer I live, the closer I get to the fulfillment of God's promise through that vision. So let me go back to Habakkuk chapter 2 for just a moment, and let me read this to you. I know you've probably read this a hundred times, but I want to read it to you. Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets so he may run who reads it. This is the English Standard Version. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Now, it, it's it's so refreshing when you read something over and over and over and God begins to squeeze that passage like I said earlier, like a sponge and there's more wisdom and revelation that drips out of it that you've never seen before. And that happened to me recently uh, when I read this. And again, I've preached messages on, on this passage. I, I have given seminars on the, on the topic of vision. Uh, I've used to hold, hold vision banquets in my church every year and talk about vision and what God was doing and what he had done and how he was going to build on what he had done. So vision is not a new subject for me, but I saw something in this that I'd never seen before recently in studying this passage. And it occurred to me that I was confused by the words that were used in 
uh, Habakkuk chapter two, verses two and three. Listen to these words. Here's the word that jump the words that jump out at me. Run, await, hasten, slow, wait, and delay. Those words don't seem to fit together, but they all seem to point uh, to a commonality, and the commonality is speed. In other words, he says, uh, run with vision. Write it down, make it plain, so that he may run who reads it. But, but the vision waits for the appointed time. Okay, so I'm thinking, all right, Lord, you, you said run, but then you said wait. Run, but wait. And then he uses the word hasten. The, ha the word hasten literally means quick or to run. So you said run and then wait and then run again or hasten. All right, Lord, we're, we're getting into an issue here where we're speeding up and slowing down and speeding up and slowing down. And then he goes on to say, uh, if it seems slow, wait for it, for it won't delay. So there's are three words, slow, wait, and delay, that seem to... Uh, depict a slowing down of pace. And then he says, but, but it won't be delayed. It will hasten to completion. In other words, it will run to the finish line. So there's all of this speed up and slow down and speed up and slow down. And so when I read this and I began to pick out these uh, key words out of verses two and three of Habakkuk two, I became confused. Because God's saying, run with the vision, but wait for the vision. And if it seems slow, it's going to hasten. It's going to run. And I feel like God's saying, we're speeding up and we're slowing down. We're speeding up and we're slowing down. And suddenly, the light bulb came on for me. That running with the vision is like running on the racetrack. Think about this for a minute. It's about pace. The word pace, the subject of pacing yourself, seems to solve the problem that, that arose for me out of the conflict in these words that talk about the speed with which we're running with or waiting for the vision. And I realized that all of those words describe and instruct me to keep pace with the vision. He said, it's not going to delay. It's going to hasten till the end. So I want to stop here and say that even though your vision seems slow, it's not delayed. Slow is not the same thing as delayed. Because God, though he seems like he may be working slowly compared to what you uh, expect him to do, the, 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 the speed at which, the timing at which God is moving through you and for you and in you may be different than what you anticipated, but the slow pace of your vision coming to pass is not an indication of delay. God knows what he's doing. His timing is perfect. So we, even when it looks slow, wait for it. In other words, don't get ahead of God. If you get ahead of God, then the vision begins to seem slow and you have to slow down and wait for it. Sometimes you get way behind the vision and the vision is ahead of you and you've got to run. You've got to catch up with it. Think of it in terms of running with a, another runner. You're running on the track and you have to keep pace with the runner. And sometimes 
you get ahead of the runner. Sometimes you get behind the runner, but you've got to keep pace. It is not the other runner's uh, job to keep pace with you, but your job to keep pace with him. Think of that runner as your child. When you raise your children, it is up to you to keep pace with your child in their development and their growth and their maturity. They're not always going to keep pace with you, but you're going to keep pace with them. Sometimes your child develops and learns and grows and matures more slowly than you believe they should. And you can get discouraged, but you're going to slow down. You're going to wait. You're going to move forward with them. And that's what you have to do with your vision. I don't have a lot of time, but I want to point out something to you that, that really came alive to me. And that is the that is the truth of this. When God gives you a vision, that vision is like your child. When your child was born, you said, I will do anything that I have to do to make sure that this child is successful, that this child grows, that this child becomes all that it wants to be. This child is God's gift to me, and I'm going to do everything in my power to take care of this child. And as your child grew, you wouldn't let anybody talk bad about your child. You would never talk down to your child. You would never discourage your child from becoming all that they could be. You would never allow someone else to ta attack your child. You would do anything you could. You would wait patiently on your child when they didn't move quickly enough, or you would speed up when they get into their teenage years and they begin to, to, to know it all. And uh, let's face it, they know more about technology and the things that appeal to their culture uh, in, in our surroundings. And so sometimes we have to run to catch up with them when we want them to stay young and we want them to stay innocent and they are growing. You can't stop a child from growing. And so sometimes you got to run to catch up with them. That's how it is with your vision. The vision is on the pace that God has set it on. And you have to keep pace with your vision. Guess what? Don't let anybody talk bad about your vision. Don't let anybody attack what you know God's placed in you, your purpose in your vision. Don't let anybody discourage you from uh, accomplishing your vision. It's like your child. Don't let anyone attack your vision. When your vision requires you to move forward, move forward. When your vision requires you to wait, wait, but stay on pace because at the end of the day, regardless of how fast or slowly it seems God is performing his word, it's been 30 years for me, I still have the promise that the vision will hasten to completion. It's a powerful word. Don't give up. Don't, don't get discouraged. God is going to hasten his word in you. Isn't that powerful? Listen, in 1 Kings 18, Elijah outran Ahab's chariot. In 1 Kings 19, Elisha was plowing the field. Elijah appeared and he left the oxen and he ran to meet Elijah. If you want to be part of God's plan for your life, you have to run with the vision. Psalm 147, God told David that his word runs swiftly. In Jeremiah, he said, I will hasten my word to perform it. In other words, my word will go quickly. It will hasten. It will run to perform its work. I say all this to you to encourage you. 
just like me, 30 years after this moment with God that I had in which he began to show me where he was taking me. That word now that describes what I saw when I was 16 years old, that vision in one word is revival. And it is what I believe my role in revival is supposed to be. And 30 years later, I'm still waiting on the totality of the completion of that vision. I want you to know you don't have to be discouraged. Run with it. When you have to wait for it, wait for it. But the vision will not delay. Slow is not delay. You have to be on pace with what God is doing in your life. But it will not tarry. It will hasten to completion. God bless you. I hope this word has encouraged you. And I look forward to sharing more of God's with you next time. We're so glad you joined us today. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast provider and YouTube. For more information, go to jeffwolf.org. Are you one of the 268 million people around the world who are battling anxiety and depression? Jeff's new book addresses this pandemic of the mind. Mindemic, how faith can help us overcome the anxiety and depression crisis in America will restore your hope and help you challenge the lies of the enemy in your mind. It's available on Amazon and at mindemic.org. We'll see you next week. Be blessed. Thank you.